Hello there, gentle listener. This is Omen Said. And this is Nick McGill. Together, as you probably know, we are Feckless Momes. And we are here to talk, talk, tall to me, to you. <laughs> that's, that's right. We are recording this in the future of the tall, the talk tall to me progression. And we wanted to cast our voices backwards to where you are to tell you about something exciting that didn't exist when we were recording this episode, which you're about to enjoy. Yeah, so so we have a Patreon. And, and I know everybody has Patreons. Everybody has a monthly subscription. So I'm not going to sit here and beg and plead. But what we are going to do is... I'll beg and plead, Nick. Omen will beg and plead. But we're, we want to describe to you what you get with the Patreon to maybe entice you to join in the fun a little bit early uh, before, uh, rather than waiting to get to the episodes where we talk about our Patreon in the future, but that's our past, your future. That's right. At the $1 amount, you get a lovely feeling. It's it's warm. It's fuzzy. Uh, I would I would liken it to butterflies upon your chest. Yeah. And for the $5 amount, you get the real goods, sis. Oh, mercy. You get access. The big thing is you get access to our Discord. And that is where you can talk tall yourself to your heart's content along with all the other tall skulls who have subscribed. There are some lovely people literally from all over the world there who chat about Jethro Tull, their cats. Food. Tull news, Prague. Music. Not just Tull. Additional music. The episodes at hand, they tell us all the things we've done wrong. Uh-huh. You too can tell us what we've done wrong. Yeah. Well, you can do that for free. Yeah. In addition to that, it also grants you access to two additional podcasts. And if that's right. If you subscribe now, you do have access to the back catalog and we'll get the new ones as they come out. I mean, what what are those what are those podcasts? Uh well, one of them is Talk Tall with me. Where uh-huh. we talk tall about the correspondence that we have from our listeners. We got so much correspondence, we had to create a whole new podcast just dedicated to that. So we talk about things from the Discord, things that people have written us. And the other one, Nick, is... Outtake Tull to me. That is my personal favorite. That is just all of the cutting room floor garbage that we could not fit into an actual podcast, but I can't throw away because it's a biohazard. So I have to do something with it. (laughs) Zero nutritional value, now with flavor, and just a little treat for you to enjoy. Don't tell your dentist. New and, what's the opposite of improved? Worsened. New and worsened flavor, I would take (laughs) tell to me. So that's what you get. You also, there are other fun things we do. Uh, we occasionally do a, a live listening party where we yeah. listen with other people on who are Patreon subscribers to a live tall recording. We sometimes have had votes on merch. So it's an ongoing community. It's a lot of fun. And we highly recommend that you join. We invite you. We humbly invite you to join us on the Patreon and enjoy. And enjoy. Crack shots and whippersnappers. Take the hems out of your old trousers, memorize the capital of Tanzania, and remember that under capitalism, deviation from the norm is punishable until it is exploitable. Because it's time to talk total to me. 
Welcome back, friends, to Talk Tall to Me. I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together, we are feckless moans. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A rapid-fire question-and-answer broadcast in which Cowlick Nick and Corduroy Said provide answers to obscure questions. Today's category, the discography of seminal prog rock band Jethro Tull. We will answer such cumbersome queries as, Who is Jethro Tull? Is a flute an appropriate rock instrument? And who, to put it bluntly, gives a set of shiny, swollen rats tiddlywinks? So tune in, tune up, and tune a fish salad while we rack our brains for the next hour under the piercing gaze of Quizmaster General Ian the Throbbing Thalamus Anderson. You are... Yeah, Some of that sounded oh, better oh, when I was in the bath. speechless. That was great. Oh, thank you. That was great. You practice this in the bath? Is that what you no, just I, No, I wrote it in the bath. <laughs> so, Nick, wow. today, yeah. mm-hmm. here we are. Mm-hmm. We are here. And it's it's an exciting day. It is. It is. It absolutely is. We are starting a brand new album. New album alert. Prior to... Oh, do we have that? Oh, we don't have a sting for that. I guess we don't really need to. We can do this one. Did you see my hips gyrating there, or I felt them in the dark? You, f- you felt a disturbance in the forest, right? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> so we have finished up with our previous album, which was Nick, sweet sweet minstrel, minstrel in the gallery, and now we are blasting forward, and we're starting with the first track off of "Too Old to Rock and Roll." But before we get into that. Yes. We've got a little correspondence, a little connection from the fans. So, Mary, Marley, if you don't mind. And Marley. Oh, here we go. Thanks, Marley. Thank Ma- you. Mary, 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 what? Why? Could you could you please go put on some clothes? Mm. It's it's near Sunday. That's not a real Nick, I don't is that a real holiday? Well, I don't I'm, I don't know her culture. Nerd Sunday's part of me religion. It says so in my contract. Oh. I I mean, I didn't. You got to give her room to to practice her religion, Omen. You know, well, it's it's uncomfortable, but 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 who who am I to judge? Please express yourself. I shall now do the sacred dance. Oh no! Oh. Oh, but please do that in your own space. Do that in your own space. Get out of here. <sighs> Sorry about that. The rustling of of, of dry paper. Of high heel boots. Call <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, so Nick, what have we got? My goodness, I have. A contact from a, a mate, a bloke from Australia oh. on Instagram reached out to, to talk to us. This is JK. Just a quick note to say that I'm really enjoying your Talk Tall to Me podcast. Only recently discovered it, so I have a bit of catching up to do. Each episode has produced laugh out loud moments, be it serenade to a curcou, <laughs> Swedish accent pronunciation of songs, Song for Jeffrey being likened to vanilla ice cream with salt, or visions of Ian Anderson yelling out how shy he is. <laughs> Thanks for making me laugh and for getting me to play all my tall again. Cheers, JK from Australia. Well, thank you so much, JK. JK. All right. 
<laughs> my my Australian accent is pretty terrible. I've never been able to do one. Mm, That's great, rough. Nick. Uh, we truly do have listeners all over the globe. We do. And it's wonderful. Welcome to the tall, the tall, the tall, the talk tall to me fold. The family. Welcome, welcome to the friendly family of tall skulls here. Yes, Nick. I have an email here. Oh my goodness, we have an email, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Your emails, sir. Yes, Nick, we have a a prescription, a diagnosis from the good doctor. Good Doc Savage. Doc Savage writes, subject from another place and time, message, good afternoon, gentlemen. Courtesy of the internet, here's a contact from Britain. Oh, sorry, I should do an accent. <laughs> I suppose you should. Here's a contact from Britain and also from June 4th, 2019. I have only recently discovered your excellent pod, Talk Tell to Me, and while I'm listening to the episodes faster than you are recording them, I'm still a long way behind. Thus, anything I say in this email, you might already have addressed, so apologies in advance, if that's the case. First up, though, great job. You make me laugh, and you made me go back and listen to This Was again. This was a pleasure. I'm older than you at 53, but like you, I spent a lot of secondary school listening to Jethro Tull, going to see them live. First tour was the broadsword one, with the ship's prow, which was damned silly, although the performances I saw were superb. End parentheses. And talking endlessly to two friends about them. My interest in the band dwindled through university. I started listening to jazz and soul almost exclusively. Suddenly Tull was just no longer cool. End parentheses. Until there was almost nothing left. Then an unlikely scent of links sent me back to Benefit again, where I discovered I could still remember every one of the lyrics. Surprise! Horror! The intensity of one's useful passions can never be replicated. <laughs> there was a post about your pod on YouTube. Mm. And the rest is my recent listening history. I love it. I need you to know that I love it, because what follows are just picky little quibbles. I had picky quibbles for breakfast. <laughs> a, little, a little almond milk on there? A little, yeah. A little honey? <laughs> Can we start with the fact that my girlfriend is called Alice G, and she happened to be in the room when I was listening to your episode one for John G. It's not gee, pronounced with a hard G, that's Indian clarified butter, but a soft gee. She was hilariously incandescent. <laughs> How can they mispronounce a three-letter word, she kept saying. She has nagged me to write this. You must now consider that she's nagging you. Considered. I heard you correct yourselves about Mick Abraham's name, always three syllables, but you could work a little on the Anderson hometown. What we've been saying, Dumfrenline. That has four syllables when you say it. Done, firm, er, uh, lin. I don't know. I know it doesn't look like it, but that's how you say it. Ian isn't entirely Scottish. I haven't been at your episode on Up the Pool yet, but Blackpool had much more of an influence on him than done, firm, er, uh, lin. It is truly a horrible tourist town on the northwest coast. Imagine Atlantic City. Only English, poverty ridden, and brutal. Then you're close. I have a cousin who lives there. I don't visit him much. 
Otherwise, thank you so much for your time, trouble, and expense. Actually, this didn't cost us anything. I love it. <laughs> and I'm sorry if I've quibbled too hard. That's what I said to my stomach after my breakfast. I reckon our timelines should sink at Dunringle. Depending on how many bonus tracks you include now that the expanded editions have added to our knowledge. All the best, Doc Savage. Thank you, Doc Savage. We appreciate the quibbles. We appreciate being corrected on our... A pronunciation. Our pronunciation, our stretching of facts and surmisations. Um, we should remind our listeners, Nick, that we are, in fact, not English. And so we don't know how to pronounce all of the words. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We don't know the wacky pronunciations. We We read phonetically most of the time. And most of the time, we accurately portray the word. And as Americans, we're lucky that we can read. That's true. Pity us. We are Americans. <laughs> Pity us. Pity us. <laughs> I want to reach out and say thanks, Jeffy B. I guarantee you that YouTube reference came from you. Yeah. Thanks. A beehive. Beehive's a buzzing, baby. Live. That's right. And uh, I think one final super quick thing before okay. we before we jump into the track today. Oh. Sir, Who could it be? Sensors have detected another star in the sky. Dear Lord, that's five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Another five star reboot. Hmm? Another five. <laughs> Proving our previous points. <laughs> Another five star review from Agmash twenty nine A, also from Australia, could wow. very well be our writer inner on Instagram. Oh, could be. If it is, thank you. If it's not, also thank you. Says, easy listening with expert tallologists. Be prepared for an in-depth exploration of every tall song ever released. Also, the well-constructed florid intros are a treat. Oh. Thank you, well, Omen. Well-constructed and florid. I'm going to put that on my gravestone. <laughs> on, your, uh, on your business card. It sounds like he pulled that from a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Agmash. Thank you, Omen, for your, your florid and well-constructed intros. You're welcome. And that is it for housekeeping. Yes. But we are diving into too old to rock and roll now. We're yes, not going to get too much are. into to facts just yet. I think you've got a little bit, Omen, and I've got just a quick little Ian Anderson quote, and we'll dive right into the song. Bold of you to assume that I had facts. Well, I, I'm assuming that's not a coloring book. Yes, Nick, I will read from the, the book A Passion Play, the story of Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull by Brian Raby, or perhaps Rabby. We'll never know. We'll never find out. <laughs> Much more accurate, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to get this book into here, and it's still a little bit wet from the bath, so give me a second. You thought I was joking when I said I wrote that in the bath. No, no, I definitely, definitely thought you were being serious. Oh, okay, good. Well, that's friendship, Nick. You know me. Mm -hmm. Too old to rock and roll, too young to die, 1976. When Hammond left the band, a suitable replacement was found in John Glasscock, formerly of the band Carmen, who was mm. dubbed Brittle Dick. Yeah, old Brittle Dick. Anderson and Dee Palmer, the band's orchestral arrangers since this was, have been writing a stage musical about an old-fashioned rocker who comes back into fashion. They had Adam Faith in mind for the lead role. 
this was another project that didn't get off the ground, like the War Child album, Mm -hmm. which was to have been a movie soundtrack. It was not written on the road, as all other albums had been. It charted at number 25 in the UK and number 14 in the US, where it was the first of the 1970 albums not to go gold. Yeah. Anderson fervently denies that the main character, Ray Lamas, Lomas, is in any way autobiographical. It is actually the only 70s album from Tall to Not Go Gold. Yeah, indeed. Let's just pull some of those facts. So we have a new bassist. Yep. Yep. John Glasscock. Yep. And we have, and I suspect, Nick, that this will delight us for, for the coming months. We have a, essentially, a score. Uh, we have, uh, this mm. album was written mm-hmm. with it being a stage musical in mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's it's going to be hard not to see it as basically kind of how we saw War Child, like the excerpt said. We will do our best to not become obsessed with that particular vision of it and try yes. to take the songs at face value as mm-hmm. well as contextualizing them into our imaginary stage musical. Nick, what have you got regarding this album? I've got that we have this recorded in December of 75 at the Maison Rouge mobile studio, like where they did Minstrel. Back to mm, Monte Carlo. Back to Monte Carlo. Or Monaco. I can't remember. I don't know the difference. And it was released in 76. And a quick little quote from Ian. The title track came to me on a plane journey when I was in heavy turbulence and very frightened. It was a piece about the kind of 50s Brit rock and rollers. Those bikers in the era, it was in their world and they were already pushing 40 or 50 by then. You could mock that, but there's something rather noble and determined and dignified about it, and I just wanted to explore that dichotomy. It's wistful and nostalgic, and also a bit of a put-down, and it's finding that balance in a song sometimes. Mm. Let's keep that in mind as we move on through the weeks of this this album, but I think that's enough for right now. I think we should jump in. Just, just before we do that, yes. a geographical clarification, Monte Carlo is part of the Principality of Monaco. Oh, so we were right in both senses. Yeah. Thanks, fact check. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> so without any further ado, Nick, shall we listen to the first track off of Too Old to Rock and Roll, Too Young to Die, entitled Quiz Kid. Let us do that. I'm ready. <laughs> Whoa, Nick. <laughs> Woof. Whoa. Wow, Quiz Kid. Goodness me. That, this album comes strong out of the gate, doesn't it? It, it really does. And thinking of it as a stage play, it really ought to, if this is our opener here. Yes, it must. Yeah. Unless it's a Vita or something where you start out with a funeral. That's no fun. But it's still a powerful, palpable moment. Are you talking about a Vita or this? Yes. <laughs> well, don't don't cry for me, Nick Nickentina. Nickentina. <laughs> so let, let's talk a little bit about the construction of this song before we really dissect it. Sure. Musically. So what we really have here is an album intro before the song Whiz Kid proper. Yeah. Well, the, it's the, it's the on track. It's the it's the the 
the the glimpse of the overall theme that we'll be hearing somewhat regularly throughout the show. Indeed, yes. So we have the we have the too old to rock and roll. What do they call that, Nick? Where they it's it's the 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 entract. No, the entract is between the acts. Is it? Yeah, entre means between. I uh, disagree with much of my life right now. I I disagree with French. <laughs> I do. It's. I'm sure all of our listeners are literally yelling at their phones right now to try to tell us. I genuinely hope that they are. It's it's the orchestra. It's the orchestra. The the pre prelude. The it's where the orchestra plays through the 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 themes before the show, so mm. that you recognize them. Mm-hmm. Come back to our other podcast, Mangle Musical Theater Technology Terminology to Me. <laughs> oh my gosh where we will give you the answer to this question. However, at any rate, we have the Tool to Rock and Roll intro, which is gorgeously stringed mm. by D. Palmer. It's, it's, it's got some heavy, heavy D. I'm fashioned up to be a Frank is a tonight. Heavy D, heavy D, some gorgeous cello, gorgeous violin, exactly what I expected from from D, and I'm good with that. Some quite nice Ian acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, the acoustic is nice. Yep, I like it. There's a heavy timpani drum in the back that's that just kind of pounds away at, at certain I points. I am nice. fascinated by that, yeah. <laughs> I, dee, I like dee, it. Dee. There's a bell's buckle Yesterday's string He means the transport can Rough it up Oh, the overture? The overture, yes, there it is. Nick. Thank you very much. There it is. Thank you, Google and Quora. The so it is the overture, not the entract. Gorgeous strings, Indeed. heavy, like just a single tip. It's not like it bounces back and forth from the drums. It's just a big. Maybe it's just one of those big bass drums, like a, a like a marching band bass drum. Yeah. I don't know, but it's 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 a lot bigger than a kit drum. I'll tell you that. It's very it's very funny. It's very ominous. Mm-hmm. It's very present. Yes. And and then we break into the Quiz Kid song proper. Yeah, the transition is about a minute in. Then we 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 jump into that kind of that that blend over into Quiz Kid. Yeah. Yes, and apparently it sounds like they they wheeled Martin Barr into the studio while asleep, put the guitar in his hands, turned <laughs> on the mic and then put smelling salts under his nose. And he just just boom out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as as a defense reaction. Yeah, <laughs> it was his fight or flight response exactly. was to to shred the hell out of that guitar. And boy, I would have run away. And just... I was a predator. I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have thought twice. Too much effort. Yeah, not enough meat. Not on Martin Barr. No, no. I got to tell you, John Glasscock is making a hell of an entrance on this album. Yeah. First song off the first album, boy howdy is he doing some good music in here. Give me some words to describe his bass playing there, Nick. It's hard not to describe 
well played bass as funky. Okay. Just because sure. we're we're kind of accustomed to that. Boom, 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 boom. Anything that is is really pronounced for bass is is funky, but it's it's plucky. It is mm. it is not comfortable sitting in the background as most bass pieces are. Like he really makes that effort to bring it forward, and it's. I re- I really thought you were going to say it's not comfortable sitting on the speaker when the bass comes in. No, it's it's too comfortable. <laughs> it's t- I need a new speaker. <laughs> and I got to say his his bass in conjunction with Martin's like ripping guitar, they yeah. work really well together. They fit nicely. Maybe at a later date, Nick, we will dive more into the history of Mr. Brittle Dick himself, John Glasscock, and his previous band. That'd be fun to do a little comparative. Yeah. Side by side, bass, bass by bass. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm interested to see his origins, to see what, what Carmen is up to. So yeah, so now now Nick, we're sort of it, you know, fully in the musical analysis portion of this show, I think. Mm-hmm. What did I write? Oh, there are some fun kind of dissonant chords that Martin throws in. Okay. At the top during that intro. He he throws in some notes where the chord isn't pure exactly. I don't yeah. know how to describe it in musical terms, but there's some fun dissonance in there that really uh, set, sets the stage in a way yeah. for mm-hmm. the content of this song, which is really fun. Yeah, I think it I think it does well to to sonically foreshadow our story of of kind of hectic and not always perfect and flowing and and pieces where they are supposed to be. There is a lot going on in this song and it's very easy to miss bits and pieces. But you're right, this song does take a little bit of a maximalist approach musically. Yes, very much so, yeah. Throws everything into the blender. And, and it it does come out successfully, though. Yes, you can still taste all the elements. Yeah, yeah, and you can always go back. I If you know what you're looking for or you, you actively listen for these, these separate pieces, it's not terribly difficult to pick them out, but it's also really easy to to just listen to the, the full thing on its own. We have a heavy use of the hi-hat by Barrymore Barlow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his there's not a whole lot noticeable except for a couple of fills and and that hi hat from him. Mm. He is of of any of them. It feels like he is further in the back, but he's still providing the structure that's really necessary for yes. this song. Absolutely, absolutely. There there are a couple of nice acoustic moments mixed in with the bulk of that really have a frenetic electric at about 2.45. It's a triumph for a quiz. You're the millions watch each week. And then another one shortly after at about 3.15. Our encyclopedic knowledge may be barbaric, but it's fun. There's some really nice little pieces where Ian comes back to the fore of that sound. Mm-hmm. Presumably Ian. I mean, it's it's fairly safe to say that that Ian's going to be on acoustic. Oh, yes, I think so. There are some fun bangs and sort of clangs later Mm. on, maybe 
slightly more than halfway through the song. Okay. Where it's just, I, I assume that it's uh, Barrymore just banging some stuff, but but there's some there's there's a part where the some of the some of the drums come forward. It's almost like that that timpani or that bass drum sound that you were referring to earlier, mm-hmm. but I think it's on a different piece of equipment. Yeah, all of it combines to produce this this interesting effect where you feel like you're being dragged along by the song, and there's something a little bit disquieting underneath it all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you your your feet are swept out from under you just like just like rays are. But to, to go back to that percussion really quickly without going into full personnel, in, in the list of personnel, Barrymore Barlow is listed as drums and percussion obviously, sure. but Ian is also listed as additional percussion. Mm-hmm. Whether that's specifically here what what he played we don't know obviously, but sneaking into the studio late late at night to just to bang shit. Yeah. To put a hidden triangle in some tracks. <laughs> the old hidden triangle. Mm. Yes. Ian is known for that. Uh, it's an entire track composed solely of rests. <laughs> it is the only rest I got this year. <laughs> He's just crying the entire time. Silently. Yeah. Silent cries. <laughs> Tear two, three, four. Cry two, three, four. Sob two, three, four. Weep, weep, weep. <laughs> Anything else musically, Omen? It has a fade out, which is mm-hmm. not great for the live stage. Makes me makes me wonder what the plan was for for live performance of this. <laughs> That's a good idea. I didn't think about that, but yeah. yeah just <laughs> just slowly be quieter and quieter and hope the audience doesn't notice that you're just still standing there. Of all the very few times Tall does a fade out, it is the opener to a musical. <laughs> And and of course, you know, at the time, by the time they were recording this, they were they knew that they weren't literally recording the musical. Sure, but sure, sure. But it's sure. just funny to think about. Well, maybe maybe they never never actually cemented an ending, and that that was a a, a bug in their bonnet. And then they they realized, well, it's not gonna be a stage play. Let's just fade it out. Yeah, Nick, do we know how many times this song was played live in concert? Quiz Kids specifically. I'm sure Too Old has been played a handful of times, but let me I see. Reckon. Let me see what we got for Quiz Kid. Looking into the Chartometer 5000. I see three in 1976. Wow. The first time it was played May 3rd. The last time it was played May 11th. <laughs> So in a week, they played wow. it three times in a week, and that's it. Never again. Yeah, apparently France and Denmark did not did not like it. They did not appreciate it. C'est quoi cette quiz qui de... No, 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 no. Mm, je m'en fous de ça. So, great. So let's talk about the content of this song, Nick. The lyrics, if you will. Yes, I will. I will. <laughs> is, this, is this a response or not necessarily a response per se, but at least inspired by Tommy. Ah, Tommy the Tommy by the Who. Yeah, 1969 came out. So it's it's seven years later. So it's it's hard to make that connection, but it does feel it in the sense that Tommy was also a stage musical. Oh, true, true. That's yeah. interesting. Let me actually see when that became a stage musical. And it also deals with a it deals with a prodigy. I think that the better comparison from the tall end of things is actually thick as a brick. Mm. 
Okay. Just to, to clarify, the Tommy musical first performance was 92. So it's a definitely mm. not that connection. They probably got the idea from Tull. They're like, remember when Tull almost staged that musical? <laughs> they tried. Let's, let's take that idea and be successful about it. So here is from our dear friends at Wikipedia, the entry for Quiz Kids. Mmm. Okay. Does it have two Zs like the, the song name? No. Single oh. Z, single S. Quiz single, Kids Single was... Z. What? Sing, single Z, single S. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that for our Across the Seas brethren. <laughs> yeah. They, they're like, what the f*** is a Z? <laughs> Quiz Kids was a radio and TV series of the 1940s and 50s mm. created by Chicago Public Relations and advertising man Louis G. Cowan and originally sponsored by Alka-Seltzer. Hmm. This series was first broadcast on NBC, blah, 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 blah. Would you say that was the 50s? 40s and 50s. 40s Probably and 50s. 40s radio, maybe 50s uh, TV. So maybe it became a catch-all term then, a quiz kid. Well, it... Absolutely. It seems like it was the first of what became, you know, a whole genre of entertainment. Mm, mm -hmm. So it was, you know, the questions were sent in by the audience and also by a couple of research experts. And the answers were supplied by, quote, a panel of five children chosen for their high IQs, strong academic interests and appealing personalities as well as such qualities as poise, quickness, and sense of humor. Hmm. And then, of course, we, I mean, you know, that format goes on for infinity. Right. To, to this day. Yeah. To this very day. So I think that, I think that as you suggested, it does become kind of a catch-all term for that kind of competition. Yeah. A, not necessarily a, a kid, not necessarily a child at this point, but some layperson, some person off the street who has come in to compete in a quiz show and is seemingly consecutively successful at it. Could be. Yeah. Or at least gets down, you know, gets, gets to go do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in this song, we are introduced to the idea of prizes. Yes. Yeah, because that's why you do it. You know, that's why you go in, uh, into one of these things is to... Not necessarily for the fame, but for the reward at the end of it. Some people do it for the glory, and some people, I think, definitely do it for the reward. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in the modern era, we definitely see people going on baking competitions and uh, who wants to be a millionaire in order to win the prize, which can change their lives. Sure. Sure. Yeah, there are are any number of competition shows at this point. You, You name what it could be. Forged in fire. Yep. Knife or death? Bl- uh, bl- uh, blow me. No, what's the... There's a glass one. That, that There's that, too. That's not on a lot of programs. That's not that's, on a lot of stations. Oh, you got... Blown you, away. You, you don't, there it is. No, it, that's oh. not what it is. Yeah, it is. Bl- blown away. That's the is glass it? one. Oh, okay. There's a craft one with Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler. Yes. Uh, making uh, it. That's it, yeah. So, I mean, we could go on. Yeah. Oh, and there's a barbecue one on Netflix, too, that's really good that we watch. Barbecue it. Yeah. Nope. Making mm. barbecue of it. Barbecue... This. No, I think it's like barbecue quiz national <laughs> barbecue quiz kid. It's just yeah barbecue kid. But yeah, there are countless options. Close your eyes and throw a dart, and you you hit a, a a competition show. And yeah, I it's fairly easy to to trace that line of the progenitor of that that initial quiz kid program starting in radio. 
and then working its way into television as that became more regularly accessed. Now, Nick, I think that there is an important other cultural element that I want not to lose sight of, which has a strong liaison with what we're talking about, especially in the English context. English-British context, yes. Correct. Okay. What is that? That is the pub quiz. Mmm, yes. Yep. Okay. Now, I don't know when the pub quizzes started. Perhaps some of our Anglo correspondents can fill us in on that, or we could do research. (laughs) 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 I just... Oh, you're such a joker. I do know that it is a significant part of British culture, and if you are really good at the pub quizzes, that gives you a certain kind of strange status, at least amongst your friends, or perhaps yeah. just bragging rights. Right. Or, or you might win a free pint. And trivia trivia night, before before the shutdown, trivia became a fairly big thing over here, too. It was working its way over to the States as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So I think that there is a little bit of this, you know, the, the kind of working person's dream, one of the working person dream narratives is to be rewarded for the thing that you're good at. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to not just work your work the rest of your life in in anonymity and and just scrape by. Right. So imagine Johnny the Crumpet Factory Man, who's good at the pub quizzes, sending in the request from the cereal box. You know, the mm-hmm. S that they have to cut out and mail and then getting a response telegram back and saying, all right, we're going to take we're going to bring you down to London to actually try out for this thing. And you could win a trip to a be there like. Yeah, not not your guaranteed a spot in the show. You are they're interested enough in you to bring you in to try out to be on the show. So it's interesting. I have some thoughts. I I relish the idea of your telling me those thoughts. Don't tell me them. I'm just relishing that idea. Yeah, the the anticipation is much, much more satisfying than the actual thing <laughs> The itself. actual I, reveal, I, yeah. I guarantee you. <laughs> All right, Omen, I'm ready. Tell me your thoughts. Well, I believe that we should look at this song through the lens of Ian Anderson. Okay. Who, as we know will always be Ian Anderson and therefore will always have one little part of his DNA at least which provides a social critique. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this, I don't think it's terribly too much of a stretch to to see this as a critique on some level. Right. At the same time, it is more positive sounding than a lot of, a lot of what we're used to. You know, there is this sense, there is almost this sense of you can do it, like be the thing, do the thing. You can be the whiz kid. You can be the quiz kid. You're having success. Don't bring the wife. Taking this song completely out of the album's context, yes. May you rise to dizzy success. May your wit be strong and quick. You know, some of these may you do this and this and this mm. almost refers directly back to the list of qualities that they looked for in the in the contestants, the, the Quiz Kid original show. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, good point. your tongue be in your cheek. You know, mm-hmm. it's not enough to just know the answers. To be successful in this kind of television, you have to be charming and witty and interesting and... Mm-hmm. Likeable. It's funny they never they never held those standards to the people on Jeopardy. <laughs> All of those qualities were embodied by Alex Trebek. Mm. May he rest in peace. <laughs> Not sure about that, but yes, may you may you rest in 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 trivia heaven. You you beautiful beautiful man. <laughs> Indeed. So 
here's my thought, Nick, and, and it is this. I think that buried in the lyrics of this song is a critique of this middle to late stage capitalist society, mm-hmm. which replaces the gladiator battles of ancient Rome with the entertainment of regular citizens battling it out for yeah. such small prizes as a trip to Ibiza. Yeah. For the benefit of the broadcasters and the rich. Oh, sure. Yeah. The the price... The uh, price is wrong. Uh, the price is wrong. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> the price of a two-week trip to Ibiza is a drop in the bucket compared to the, the sponsorships. Yeah. That the network, that the producers, et cetera, are, are going to be making off of this. And Nick, I'm certainly not guiltless. I enjoy this sort of entertainment. I watch the baking shows. I watch mm-hmm. the, the knife crafting shows. And most of them have, for, for a one-off episode, if you're a one-time contestant, you the prize is almost always 10000 American dollars. Which, I mean, for some is, is a decent little chunk of change. I think for many Americans, that could be really life-changing. Sure. At the same time, I always think to myself, whenever they talk about the prize... You could win $10,000. I always think to myself, you know, that's really not that much money. Yeah. You're, per- you're going to have to pay taxes on it. Also, if you're $50,000 in debt, yeah, you're still, I mean, great. And 50000 is like a very generous amount of debt. A very generously small amount of debt for your average American. Yeah. A very average amount of debt. Yeah, that was... A year at Hofstra. I'm going to look up what the average American debt is. Oh, God. We're bringing this down even more. Sad. Be a sad <laughs> kid. Wow. So much worse than iPod. Oh, Jesus. So what is the actual number for the average American debt? Everyone, write down a number on a piece of paper mm-hmm. or say it silently to yourself in your heads. If you get the answer right, you will win... 10,000 nothings. (laughs) According to Experian's 2019 consumer debt study, total consumer debt in the U.S. is at $14.1 trillion, with Americans carrying an average personal debt, an average personal debt of $90,460. Yeah, that sounds right. That so- that sounds that sounds a little high, maybe. Well, that's the average, meaning that some people have yeah even more. Yeah, that's true. That's that's that is that's absolutely terrible. That's not factoring in the fact that you have no savings in case you have an emergency. That's not factoring in that you have zero retirement. You know, we're in a we're in a tough spot. So so ten, so ten thousand dollars. You're not going to sock that away for a nest egg if you've got $90,000 of Oh, you're of probably going to pay it to your creditors so that they don't break your knees. Yeah. So it, Which makes me think, Nick, that perhaps some of these people on the baking shows are not baking with the passion of cupcakes, Nick, but are truly like the gladiators of the ancient Roman times, baking for their for, lives. For their lives. <laughs> I suppose it depends on the baking show, but yeah. Yeah. If it's Sugar Rush, they're breaking for their lives. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Let's get back to Quiz Kid. So this is the story of, this is the start of the story of of Ray, Ray Lamas. 
he applies to be a contestant on. We don't have a name for the show, do we? On a quiz show. Yeah, on Quiz Kid, I guess. Now, do we know that this song is speaking directly about the lead character, Ray Lamas? I suppose it is. It could be a a general kind of overarching, this request, this plea is made out to anyone and everyone who wants to be a part of it. Mm. But I have a feeling we see it happen in some sense. This is sort of the history of the rock and roller. Yeah. Interesting. He fell for this, quote unquote. You know, he, he, he bit. He fell into it. He fell into it, yeah. Nick, question for you. Mm-hmm. What parallels can we draw between the state of being a quote-unquote quiz kid and the state of being a rock and roller? Hmm. Well, there's, there is a, a level of fame that you can compare, that you are known for this one thing in the eyes of the media or, or the general sure. populace. Yeah. That all it takes is one wrong answer or one bum album, one flop of an album, and your career is done. One minstrel in the gallery. And guess what? There's a line of countless people behind you. Polishing their flutes, memorizing the capitals of the, of the world. Mm-hmm. Ready to step up and take, take your place. Interesting. We wish you the best of luck and the highest success, but you are so expendable, I'm not going to remember your name. May the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah. So in a way, you're describing a precarious position. I think so. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You don't often see very comfortable billionaires getting onto Jeopardy. No, they have no reason to. They have no reason to. Because they don't know anything. They Well, I mean, that aside. There's also... The interesting difference between this is that if you are a if you are a quiz kid, if you are, you know, on the reality show, your future lies entirely in the hands of the judges. Yes. If you are a rock and roller, if you are Ian Anderson, you have the possibility of failing and reinventing yourself and reinventing yourself and shedding your skin like a snake every album. That's true. Yeah. If if the record company is willing to give you another chance, yeah. Or if they're not, you could form your own record company. <laughs> Fair enough, Chrysalis. Thank you very much. Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting, you know, I don't know that it's useful to draw a parallel, but I think it's, I, but I'm, I want to. I don't think it's unfounded. I, I think it is, it is something to think about because just under the surface of, of seeing bits of commentary, we see bits of Ian's life and, and how he's experiencing things. There, there are analogies and metaphors and things for, for how he is living at the time. This is a less obscure song lyrically than many other Tull songs. We do kind of have a pretty well clearly laid out right. set of images, a storyline, you know, a sense of character. It's telling us the story of Ray, for sure. Yeah, because it is, it, it does have to be a part of of this, this musical. But even if you take it out of that context, if you just look at it as a right. standalone. Yeah, oh yeah. It's, go do the quiz, you can go to a be the, you're a quiz kid, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, yay. Mm-hmm. Fade out. Yeah, any, pick a, pick a favorite set of lines in here. What are your, what are your favorite lines on this song? Uh, let me look at the lyrics, Nick. 
You know, Nick, none of these lyrics actually jump out to me as okay. as really delightful. Okay. Hmm. I've got I've got two sets actually that I really Yeah, please tell me. Answerable to everyone, responsible to all, publicity dissected brain cells splattered on the walls of encyclopedic knowledge. Mm, yeah, I do like that. That's nice. Answerable to everyone. It's just, it's visceral, it's its evocative, it's really nice. Well, and it brings in the sense of brutality. Yeah, yeah, maybe barbaric, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. And then, then actually the next line, so it's this two little, little lines, right, one after the other. As the clock ticks away a lifetime, hold your head up to the gun of a million cathode ray tubes aimed at your tiny skull. As the clock ticks away a lifetime, Is that not the description of a television? Yes. Particularly back then, they were made of cathode cathode uh, tubes. Yeah. 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 And all of this is said with that smarmy Hollywood smile when they're really telling you like, oh, yeah, you're going to you're going to crash and burn. Have fun <laughs> while you do it, though, buddy. All right. Yeah. We'll see you, champ. Take care. Yeah. Take care, Tiger. The thing that I find is fun about this is that, and most of all, we pray that you may come back next week. And most of all, we pray that you may come back next week. Yeah, but they say that to everyone. Right. They but, don't care. No, but, but, but the fact is that even if you win today, you could go down next week. You know, depending on the format oh, yeah. of the show, they all have different... Oh yeah, even more so because they're more excited. It's it's more exciting to see a champion kicked out of their spot. Now reigning champion. Yeah, it's got a slimy feel to it, and it makes me very uncomfortable. But it's 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 portrayed perfectly. Like he 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 does it very well. Oh yes. Yeah. Nick, is there anything else that we want to say about Quiz Kid? I no. You know what? No. I think I think we covered it very well. I I love the lyrics. I would highly recommend reading the lyrics along with listening to it because it really really does make a difference, I think. Indeed. So next week Nick, we will talk about the second track off of Too Old to Rock and Roll Too Young to Die. Crazed institution. Mm-hmm. We're going to build more onto this story and see more of Ray Lamas's life and how this experience has affected him, I think. Indeed. Until then, it makes the feckless momes at Talk Tall to Me very happy whenever they receive it. What is a five-star review? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Reigning champion. (laughs) Until next week and that crazed institution, I am Nick McGill. I am mm, O-M-E-N-S-A-D-E. You have to say the word after and before. 
I never was good at spelling compliments. Lost points, lost points. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Told to Me. Welcome back to Things No One Needs to Know. We are here with uh, with Betty Betty Squan. Uh, we have we have Rudy Freckles here, back from last week, and a newcomer on the stage. Please, everybody, welcome Widget McGee. Yeah, Widget. <laughs> welcome, everyone. Welcome. All right. Uh, first question goes to you, Widget. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm ready. After her brother was murdered in 1997, who took over one of the ho- world's most famous fashion houses? You have 10 seconds. 10, uh, 5, Donatella three, Versace? Two. Bing, 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 bing. Well done. That, I'm actually literally impressed you do that. <laughs> Second question. This one goes to you, other person that I mentioned. Johnny, Betty? Johnny, Johnny Freckle? Oh, Betty. Betty? <laughs> Betty? Yes. Who is the only doctor in the history of British medicine found guilty of murdering his patients? You're, you have 10 seconds. Five. Doc, Doctor Who? That's correct! Doctor <laughs> Doctor Who, the doctor <laughs> from the British TV series, also a murderer. And finally, <laughs> we have a question for you, Johnny Freckles. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, let's go to the hard category here. Oh, dun, no. dun, dun. Talk Told to Me is a proud member of which audio network station? Uh, um... Come on. I know. Come on. Wait, the world. Don't disappoint your parents. You could use that money, kid. Come on. Get us out of poverty. Is it it the Finkelstones? I'm sorry. The correct answer was the Feckless Moms Audio Network. I knew that. I'm going to press the electrical chair button here. And uh, sorry that your journey ends here, Johnny. No. (laughs) 